Oh, I suppose I suppose it is just Wednesday, isn't it? Um, pretty good. It is. I wanted to revisit another topic, um, where we talk about how do you know when your sounds are good enough? That's a good question because I have a project that I just emailed a guy about yesterday that is going to really test that question because I wasn't going to email him because I didn't think my sounds were good enough. Mm-hmm. But now you think they're good enough? No, um, I I was able to justify it for a completely separate reason. Cool. Which is my sounds don't need to be good enough. I just need to be nice. Yep. That's <laughs> that's honestly part of it. Like definitely, uh, your personality is probably half of it. I would say. Yeah, I don't know if I mean it's weird because. I don't know how true it is in all industries, but I keep hearing over and over from every angle that the most, one of the most important things in the industry is how easy you are to work with versus how good your work is. Yeah. And I think beyond that, if, if you're somebody who's willing to take criticism and someone who's willing to grow and somebody who's willing to improve and all that other kind of stuff, I think that that goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and I think that you have all those things too, and they might see that hopefully, maybe. Probably not. No, you're screwed. I- yeah. No. Yeah. Nobody wants. No, you no. don't want this. Yeah. You don't. You don't want. Ho- hello. Yeah. Hello. Oh God. Crapping up your project. But yeah, I feel like. Um, I mean, it's it's especially easier if you if you've like met them in person too, and they get to like get a feel for who you are and such. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I the guy in particular that I have emailed, I've almost never talked to. I did once or twice because I know he's responsible for some studio space in the building, and so I wanted to pick his brain about it. Seems kind of grumpy as a guy, but I thought about it and I was like, he can't be that grumpy or else he wouldn't be on the team. Like he's not going to be audio director if he, everybody hates him. Yeah, fair. But the guy who runs the team is super chill and I talk to him all the time. So nice. I think it'll be all right. Cool. And I wasn't even sure what to put in the email. I was like, hey, send. <laughs> just Hello, send. Hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was just like, hey, I, you know, this person tells me that you uh, might... I, that I might be able to lend a hand in some sound work that you're doing for this game. Sure. What do you think of that? Yeah. So that makes sense. But well, I don't hopefully... know if my sounds are good enough because I haven't done a ton of sounds. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to, I think, though, for how you know when they're good enough is that it just has to come with the experience of training your ears mm-hmm. and making a lot of sound effects. And also, I don't know, getting getting feedback from professional sound designers as well and like putting stuff out into the world <laughs> and getting feedback on it. Mm-hmm. I think I knew when my stuff was good enough or I got a feel for that when I started putting out the sound recreate videos on blip sounds. Mm. Like when I started putting those out, I was like, okay, these are objectively getting a lot of likes and like a lot of people are complimenting it and Mm. um, people are learning from them. So it's like, okay, we're doing something right. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I, I, I don't know. I'm always stuck in, I'm very caught up in the idea that I can find some reason to, to believe that, whatever somebody says about how good some something of mine is it's not, it's not that true like yeah that's you know thanks but <laughs> um which i think is both good and bad like yeah it's good, it's good, it's to, good to know it, when you're good but you don't ever want to get think that you're that you are like i'm good because then you don't ever improve it's like yeah. i don't need to get any better you know yeah i think there's a balance because you could it's good to be confident when you're good too though mm-hmm. um I think there's a meta for every single like industry that you're in, whether it's art or music or sound or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, there's always like a meta involved. Like you see it in gaming. Like we're we're still in a battle royale meta right now. That's that's really interesting. That's a good way of thinking about it. That's true. A couple years ago, it was a Clash of Clans meta. Um, before that, it was. I was Call of Duty meta forever. Yeah, yeah, there was. 
Um, there's all, all a bunch of different metas that are just going on all the time. GTA meta, big time. All those crappy wannabes, like, oh, hell. I can't even think of one. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Oh, uh, then there's, like, simulator games, too, which had a meta for, like, a, a very small period yeah. of time. But, like, th things take over for a little bit of time. But I think it also has to do with, like, not only the expectation of what games should be being created or what, what should be created, but just, like, there's new technology that develops and new, new styles get developed. Like, right now we're experiencing a shift in animation for film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when Into the Spider-Verse came out, uh, it kind of broke the broke the mold for a new medium because they did like a combination of uh, 2D and 3D, which was kind of interesting. They like painted over 3D models. Yeah. It's interesting too, because everybody that I've talked to that's under 40 is like, yes, this was awesome. And I know some people who are over 50 who are like, this is so hideous, I can't watch it. For Into the Spider-Verse? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But that's the most beautiful movie in the world. That's actually my favorite movie in the world. That's crazy. Um, I, I mean, I, I, it's not. And I'm sixty. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that crazy from what I've heard about how good it is. I haven't seen it yet because, despite all of the praise, I just can't get myself to care about Spider-Man at all. Yeah. But I know that I need to just from the perspective of like seeing what they've done. Yeah. To what and seeing how it will affect movies and anything that happens for the next ten years. I think it's I'm excited because there's been so much three D models mm -hmm. and which is fine, but I wanna see new stuff. I wanna see I don't know. I think movies are trash anyways, beyond that. I I don't like watching movies at all. I love movies. Movies are one of my favorite things. Um, oh, I can't the last sit few, still for a long time. In the last last few years, I have really fallen off the wagon on movies. But for like 15 years, the Oscars were my Super Bowl. And wow, yeah, huge fan. Love movies, and I've got a, a very, I have a very important and well thought out top five. And I love movies. I wish that I had more interest these days in watching them as often as I used to. Especially with my setup downstairs, it's made for all of the movie watching I do. Did, but what is the What's your uh, what's your top five? Jurassic Park, Gravity, No Country for Old Men, Jaws, no and then and it's sort of a floating five. I can never remember where I put it, which one I put at the bottom, and it's it's always like a toss up between like Scott Pilgrim and American Psycho and Big Lebowski and some other stuff. So interesting. Wow, Scott Pilgrim's in there. Scott Pilgrim is so good, man. I that's it's a great movie. So good, and I that really a lot of attention to detail in that movie. Big time. Edgar Wright is so good all the time. That movie, I think. Until Gravity came out, that movie had my in-theater record for five viewings, and Gravity's at seven? I can't remember. You should see Into the Spider-Verse, because I think Into the Spider-Verse is better than Scott Pilgrim, but that's just me. But it's all about Spider-Man, and Scott Pilgrim is much more video game based, and it's just like, I don't care about Spider-Man. I don't care about superheroes. I'm not a Marvel fan. I never have been. And Scott Pilgrim just has so much gaming depth to it. Plus it, yeah. Plus it's an Edgar Wright movie, and I just can't. You can't say no to him. Yeah, No Country for Old Men is so good. I haven't seen that in a while. I would probably, I might even, I could probably put Children of Men at top at number five too. Yeah, that, that's a good movie. Um, but I, it's interesting that you would talk about a sound design meta because I don't even know what, like, what have previous sound metas been in terms of how they're made or what they sound like or what. I think what they sound like because I think we're getting. I might be wrong here, but I, I think that the meta we're moving into is like, you can hear it in the music industry. Oh, yeah. You can hear it in the music industry what the meta is. And I think that usually, that oftentimes dictates 
the sound design industry just a tiny bit. That's interesting. I, I, but I, uh, I don't know if I, that I don't, I actually don't feel comfortable backing that up. Okay. Just having a, a classification for like the sound that's happening currently and calling it the meta is really, really satisfying because yeah. I never really thought of it that way. But like we were in a, we were in a Lord meta for like six years. We were. Oh, we were for, oh my, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I will tell you right now, I'm not a huge fan of that Lord album, despite the excellence that people claim it is, but. Oh, so many of the bands that happened as a result are some of the best music I've ever heard. Nice, nice. I, so I think that the sound design meta right now, it's, sound design isn't really like, there is diversity in the sound design, um, but there's not as much diversity as there is in music, as an example. Um, because sound design as a medium, music at least has a lot more complexity to it. If we're just talking about like a single sound effect mm-hmm. versus a, an entire piece of music, you, they have they have music composition. Yeah, yeah. They have a voice in every single popular song, which is like ninety percent of the personality in any song mm-hmm. that you listen to. Objectively, that's what people like are attracted to the most, at least. What the voice? Oh yeah. Oh Interesting. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I have a problem. I don't know. It's not a problem, but for me, music. Something I've always been terrible, terrible, terrible with in music is hearing what lyrics are, and then if I hear them and know them, having any idea what they mean because I'm such a production guy in terms of how music sounds. Dude, I, I'm the worst at being able to interpret words that I hear into lyrics. Like yes. being able to like sing them back to you, I'm like, uh. Yeah, I can give you the noise that it makes. Like the voice is essentially its own instrument that plays a noise like a saxophone might, but I right. don't know, I don't hear a word in there anywhere, you know? Yeah, but I guess sound design is not really as, it just doesn't have the same depth that music does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that mu- or sound design, I think the current meta that we're moving into is a lot of like over compression, um, really crazy big dynamics. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think those two things are like getting a lot bigger. I think that people are like, I've noticed that like people, people that I, I my friends that watch videos and such. They'll see there's like a ton of over compression and it's hilarious and it's and I think it's funny too, like it's it's like it's like done the right way. Can you give some examples of what would maybe be leading that meta charge? I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's, I, I think that's the thing about the meta though. You can't you Lord doesn't Lord the Lord meta does not exist without the previous uh, pumped up kicks meta or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, songs that. Sound like they're from Cruising USA. I got it. Right, like so, the, the, <laughs> like it, it has to develop from like this thing to this thing to this thing to this thing. Otherwise, because that's just like the direction that and path that the meta takes over time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes musicians are. It's like a Arrested Development. Did you see that? Oh yeah, big fan. Way ahead of its time, and eventually it became the meta. Mm-hmm. But like, it's kind of it's, it's it's weird how like it just falls into the wrong place in time. Well, it's interesting because you talk the overcompression, like, and I'm not sure if I am imagining what that means correctly because I'm thinking of like a lot of static, fuzzy, like crunchy, dirty yep. sounds. Yep. And very. Like my very first reaction to that is like, oh, Infamous Second Son is a perfect example of that soundscape, at least, especially in the music. I think but it's. I think it that's depends. Several, on... I mean, that's many. That's quite a few years ago. I I think because because sound design is kind of tougher to have a meta I guess now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. So you've wasted twenty minutes of the listener's time. Is what you're telling me. <laughs>
Well, no, no, it does. There is a meta. There is a meta, but like, what really drives the sound design meta might be the game development industry itself, like the games that it's a part of. Mmm, that's a good point. Yeah, it's the type of game because you're not going to get like maybe overblown, fuzzy electronic sounds if all you've got are war games, for example. Right, and the meta for something like Breath of the Wild is not going to be the same as Warhammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the meta, the sound design meta in Breath of the Wild is like generally pretty soft and quiet the entire time very little compression if at all or if it's compression it's done very very tastefully mm-hmm. um there, there's definitely compression it's just that I, I don't mean to throw anybody off by saying there's not compression there's definitely compression yeah yeah it's just like there's a there's a line of over compression that right but compression isn't a character of the sound no, itself. no like, i wouldn't say so. it's there because that's how you make sound yeah. but... it's, it's very well balanced beautiful soundscapes mm-hmm. just thinking of the idea of a meta now for so many things like the like the trailer, the movie trailer music meta is now, if not <laughs> right. longer, was for a while, was, you know, a, a 65-year-old song sung all spookily by some woman over like two or three piano keys. Like, beep, beep. Yeah. And it's just like that. Ha- that was years of that. Hans Zimmer created a meta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. For example. I don't know. what the, I haven't seen movies enough lately. I would say the Hans Zimmer meta was probably based on um, Inception. It wasn't Dark Knight? I think that was Hans Zimmer's big meta change. I don't remember what came first. Uh, his score for Dark Knight wasn't that interesting. You're right. No, no, it wasn't. It was good, but it wasn't like, and it served his purpose, but it didn't stand alone. Right. Like the, like Inception, like the song, his main song for like the theme of that movie is the theme, is the song that they listen to when they're sleeping to go into Inception stretched way out over the same time difference span as it takes to get into the dreams. Yeah. And so it's like a huge character of the movie. I did not know that. That's crazy. Oh, man. There's so much. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how awesome Inception is. Like, I've, I loved it when it came out. I haven't really rewatched it very many times. It's great in the sense that it's really it's a really complex idea that's executed in a way that anybody can understand yeah. it. And there's a lot of good things about it. But yeah, Hans Zimmer did some really cool stuff with that movie. Nice. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I love the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I just haven't like. But yeah, Hans Zimmer created a meta. Um, so... I guess this comes, so I, I, with, with whatever the meta is, if you follow, I think that's a good good way to go about understanding how to, when your sounds are good enough. I think then in that sense, you would want to change the wording from is my sound good enough to is my sound appropriate. Yes, but there's still an objective quality bar to be reached, especially with sound design. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because, you know, if you want to argue or talk about the potential objectivity or lack thereof in terms of quality of music, that's a 400 minute discussion. But like if we're talking about sounds, like there's a couple of key points that's going to make every sound good versus not. Yeah. So I I guess for that, then. Um, yeah. What makes a good sound effect? Um, Fidelity, dynamic range. Yeah, I mean, th- that's what makes up a sound effect, but what's... I, yeah, you're right. Dynamic range is important. Like, good dynamics. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, uh, f- yeah f- like... Well, fidelity, like, I mean, like, weight. Like, for example, if you have a building that falls down, it needs to sound heavy. Like, every piece... Like, this thing weighs hundreds of thousands but even of tons or whatever. even something light should have a little bit of weight to it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you should yeah, be able like, to feel it. One of the most fascinating things... Final Fantasy Thirteen was a big piece for this... The sound, the surround work, the channel mixing in 13 was absolutely sensational. One of the best surround sound games I've ever played. But there's so many different sequences in that game where like a big calamity of things falling happens. And it's like every one of these rocks can't weigh more than a couple of pounds. Like there is no weight to it whatsoever. And it was really frustrating. Damn. 
Okay, I see what you mean. And it's like, how does how how does this come out of a team like Square Enix? How does a problem like this happen? But I mean, I guess because yeah, the the real thing that I think that creates the objectivity behind sound design and mm -hmm. why sound design is also so difficult is that you have to recreate a realistic. Everybody has perfect ears in my mind. It's not even in my in my mind. I know that's a fact. Everybody has perfect ears. Being able to do make sounds reflect what your ears know are perfect is really difficult to do. Um, and to clarify, I mean, I mean, perfect as in like we are listening every single day. And as soon as something, if I were to like walk across the room in front of you, Chris, uh -huh. and I was walking on wood and you heard grass, yeah, you would be like, well, and I th yeah, and I think another big part of design too is like very often you will have to create a sound that doesn't exist but is still appropriate based on what you see not only in how it's been previously represented in other mediums but also how just the human condition might expect this thing to sound right and right exactly so it's also a matter of interpreting your recorded thing into something that sounds realistic mm -hmm. but then also like what other people expect something to sound like and this is where the meta comes back in i think because like a punch sound effect if you did a real punch sound effect, it wouldn't sound good. No, it'd be one a, a long list of sound effects that <laughs> that are very disappointing in real life. Like right, guns, exactly. Guns and explosions. Guns, explosions, punches, uh, Mario's jump. <laughs> Zero sounds at all. Just yeah, like nobody makes a sound when they jump, but Mario better or your game is busted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that there's like a combination of like what's expected. And then also applying that expectation. But but at the same time, that kind of falls into your fidelity comment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a... I don't know why that sounds wrong. But anyways. Well, I mean, I mean, maybe my 20-year-old definition of fidelity is not correct, but it's effectively like the weight, like the amount... I don't know. I guess I don't really know what... Because it's not quite the same as like quality in terms of like bitrate quality, but maybe it is. Look it up. We might both learn something today. Yeah, fidelity is not the right word. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? All right, give me a definition of fidelity. Are you ready for two definitions? I can't wait. They're going to be so crazy. It's going to be, it's way off and it's really embarrassing, I'm actually. so upset. Uh, faithfulness to a person, cause, or belief. Well, not that horse shit. Not that. Ready for the, the other sound one? version. Yeah. Sexual faithfulness to a spouse or partner. Nope. The degree of exactness with which something is copied or reproduced. Ah, now we're getting closer. That's it. That's all. That, those are the only ones. That's fine. Um, that third one is could be. Yeah, the third one is not the is not nearly as embarrassing as the first two. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I was thinking about when I I was thinking about the first two when I would hear fidelity. So I was like, well, I mean, any think of the term <laughs> hi-fi. Like that's a six-year-old term. Yeah. Oh no, you're right. You're right. But that's what, that's what that means. But I, I I was gonna say that the in regards to like a punch sound effect at least. Mm -hmm. The weight, the weight that you that you feel if you were to get punched, mm -hmm. it sounds like that. It sounds like a punch sound effect. Right. Translating that into an audio cue right. that matches what you would expect when you punch an eight-pound head of a person. Right. Right. And like that, I guess that's not fidelity, but I'm not sure what to call that. Um. Maybe it is because if we go back to matching exactness. Eh. No, you're right. It is something being yeah. reproducing yeah, it. Yeah. Sit here and tell me I'm wrong. Oh no, I meant reproduce <laughs> as in sexual faithfulness. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, of course. Yeah. And reproduce. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, so exactly. The sexual children. Uh, so, so in that sense, I guess there's like the expected meta. There's also like 
matching the weight of something or fidelity, as you said, to like your whatever sound you're making, giving it weight or the appropriate weight, I suppose, to it. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also like the, I mean, the, I think the meta also defines the kind of quality you expect in sound design. I think that there's an also, I think the meta for sound design is also lasts a lot longer than something like music or film does as well. The current trend goes on for way longer. Yeah, I mean, that could have a lot to do with dev cycle too. Like, mo- games take so long these days. Yeah. I think that it's moving into, I don't know, it, it could be moving in a lot of different directions. It depends on the type of game, really. Um, yeah, like, I mean, a perfect example on the opposite side of the coin from that Final Fantasy 13 example is Uncharted 2. Like, the whole train sequence with the trains crashing and it's, like, tumbling, and it's like, you you listen to that, there is no speaker good enough to reproduce how good that can sound. It's just, it's huge. It's such a big sound. There's so much weight to all of it. It is absolutely yeah. perfect. It is the perfect sound. I, I guess that the fidelity thing is kind of, to me, a little bit like, it's it's maybe conveyance is also a good word. Mm, like being yeah. able to con- convey what something feels like or like the kind of pressure that something might have. Like in a horror game, for example, mm-hmm. using dissonant tones is a great way to convey that kind of like unsettling uncomfortability in something. Yeah. Uncomfortability. That's an interesting word. That's not a word. No. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> that is not me sounding smart. That is actually quite the opposite. Game Audio Training Series, everyone. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, that's actually... Have we answered the question? I don't know. What was it? How do you know if your sound is good? Yeah. If the person paying you likes it. And, what, and, 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 and also what makes a good sound effect. I think that yeah. we've kind of decide, defined what makes a good sound effect. I feel like there's, they're missing a lot, though. Well, what else would you add to it? I don't know, because I... Well-researched. Sound is so... Sound is, like, objective. Uh, like, there's an objecti- objectivity to it. Yeah. But there's also a huge subjectivity based off of the type of sound that you're making. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, from a general perspective, if, like, if you're, if you're conveying something in the right way, uh, uh, conveying something as you meant to convey it... Um, to make a sound that seems like it fits is such an interesting thing. Okay, here, here's the other thing I would add. But also a sound that, I want to say like consistency, like uh, consistent quality. I see. The quality is the same. So like uh, like if you make a creature roar uh-huh. and you combine a lion, a tiger, and an alligator and all those things work together, but then you add a cat meow in there and all of a sudden the consistency is lost. Yes, that's true. That makes sense. So I think that consistency in that light might also fall into that. But if you can fit that cat meow in there and have it still work. Right. So that's that's the that's the balance is that you have to be able to design with that in mind, which is possible. Yeah. Well, yeah, T-Rex from Jurassic Park is a perfect example because it's just lion, dog, elephant, a dolphin. Like these things are yeah. all pretty. I mean, they're all animals, but they're not very similar to each other. Right. Yeah. But it all it wore it's like one of the most iconic sounds in the last 100 years. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That, that's my that's my go-to example for any like high quality sound or like describing sound design in general. Um Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that Oh, and then I guess just like the realisticness of it. That's that's the last one I would say. Like how realistic it really is cuz mm-hmm. creating something like a T-Rex roar that is that is that has great conveyance um it has great it's very consistent with itself of what it's supposed of the sound itself um and in that sense it also sounds as if it's one 
like a, a single entity of a sound effect. Yeah, mixing a bunch of different elements and having it just sound like one thing is really good. It's, that's a great indication of a, of, a, of a good sound. Yeah, I think that's what I meant more so is like, and I don't even mm -hmm. know what word you would use to describe that, but that kind of like oneness of mm -hmm. the congruency, or I don't even know what to call it, but... Seamlessness, maybe? Something like that. I, 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 it's closer. We're but... improvising all of this, so we don't, we can't, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe... No! <laughs> uh, maybe we'll come up with like a better list down the road, but... Yeah. Um, then the last thing I would say is like, taking the T-Rex roar as an example, fitting that into a realistic acoustic space. That's big. Like the, So the realisticness of how that fits into the rest of what you're creating it around. Um, and it's not just acoustics, I don't think. I think it's also like, mm -hmm. I, all these are kind of tied together in some way, because this also falls into like the uh, conveyance and fidelity kind of aspect, because like, yeah. or if a T-Rex is roaring, and is, or if somebody's even talking and his mouth is, or that person's mouth is like, is like an O shape and they're making an E shape, it's going to be weird. You know, like, yeah. There's a great sequence in Jurassic Park after the tree, after the, the tree sequence where the truck falls down and it falls forward on top of them. Mm -hmm. And then you hear him say, and now we're back in the car again. If you listen to that, that was recorded in an allotment shed a hundred miles away. Like that is the tinniest, flashiest, like the reverb in that, just in that vocal line is like, there is no way that this was recorded in anything that's even remotely like a car. And once you hear it, it's ruined. Like you, I've just ruined this for tens of people. But but it's yeah. You hear that and you go, oh my god, that's not what a car sounds like. Yeah, I mean this is a this. You're already preaching to a bunch of people that are focused on <laughs> sound design. That's true. We've everybody's all ruined their own sounds for everything anyway. They're, they're ruined. They're 100 percent ruined. <laughs> I've seen Jurassic Park like a thousand times. I'll tell you all about. I, I haven't seen it enough. My, one of my best friends uh, runs a YouTube channel where he plays dinosaur games. And he has like a, way too many subscribers. That's really specific. A lot of Torah. <laughs> no, uh, actually, just Jurassic Park related games mostly. Oh, really? Keeping it tight, huh? Yeah. Nice and narrow. Mostly, uh, it's there's a lot of games that have come out recently. That was a meta for a little bit. Dinosaur games. Dinosaur games. I was a part of that. I I, I worked on a game. It didn't get finished, unfortunately, but. Uh, it released and we had a huge following for it. It's just that the developers lost motivation on it. There's a whole controversy behind it. How it, 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 people said it was like scandalous, but realistically, what happened was everybody wanted to work on it, but the pe people just weren't motivated enough to get it done. Basically, probably tough to do, yeah. Um, or to continue on because they were like 19 and 20 mm. years working on it, so like they didn't they don't understand like that kind of pain yet. Yeah. So this is probably one of their first experiences going through that sort of like this is hard stop that breakthrough right like we're, we're a bit older now so like we've been through like stuff like that before so we don't yeah you go through hell yeah we take advantage of those opportunities now and then you're like all right well i know what hell's like i got <laughs> and, and, this yeah, once right. before and it goes, you know and it, and it waves up and down mm -hmm. you go through your cycles and you know yeah um that was just a a hard drop and they'll come back at it again i'm sure it's just a matter of time when was that sounds like it must have been somewhat recent 2000 beginning of 2018 oh yeah that's fine no, that's sure. when it released that's oh, when it, released. it actually came out i thought you said it was unfinished early access ah early access unfinished right that's good at least it ended on an early access yeah because then you have the opportunity to do some more stuff with it it, it could have been it could have been so great but mm -hmm. you know um i think we answered the question i think so yeah that that that's what makes a good sound effect but how do you know when your sounds are good enough like as of from a personal 
perspective. Maybe that's another one we'll have to cover in another episode. I don't know. I mean, it could be kind of a sliding scale based on experience. Like anytime I've ever made a sound, you know, you listen to it over and over and over and you think, and you'll, you'll always pick out one thing that's like, that spot sounds a little bit. And then you try to smooth it out and listen to it some more and eventually get to a point where you're like, I don't know if there's anything about this I'd fix. I think, I think that generally happens on like a very, if like the artist's journey to get to that point where you know your stuff is good enough. Yeah. And you're, and that's here and you're like, you're along the way. That's going to happen on every single thing that you do. If you give each of your sounds or whatever it is enough time and attention, I feel. Yeah. I mean, eventually you just can't deny the evidence effectively, unless you are making it a point to do so. But it's like, you keep getting gigs, you keep getting mo better gigs, bigger stuff, more people keep hiring you, things keep happening, you keep making sounds. It's like, even if you don't think that it's like, yeah, this is garbage. It's like, you're still so, like everybody around you is like, this is at least good enough to put our names on as well. Then it's like, yeah, well, I don't know if I feel like my stuff's good enough, but everybody disagrees with me. So at the very least you follow it. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right, though. That's actually true. I, I, I hate to be like, that's not the advice I want to give. I, I, I mean, you're 100% you're right. And I'll, I, that's not the advice I want to give because I want people to be like, be able to approve of, to approve of themselves. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, what, what fun is the answer is uh, other people tell you it is. Like, that's a crappy piece of advice. No, no, <laughs> it's, 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 it's terrible advice. But um, I do believe that putting your stuff out there and... Well, well, there's only two entities to make judgments on something like that. You've got you and you've got everyone else. And so it's like, if it's good enough for you, that's fantastic. And it, you know, if you feel that way, but then you also have to consider whether or not it's good enough for everybody else. And if it's not good enough for everybody else, you're only really working with cause and effect. It might make you need, you might have to reevaluate your own interpretation of your sound if it's only, if it's like, I think this is great. And everybody else is like, ah, but it's not though. And then you're like, why? And then someone will tell you and you will probably find it, you know, a situation where it's like, I never thought of that. And then you add something to it and then it just improves. And you're like, wow, this is better than it used to be. Yeah, no, you're right. And okay. I think it's a combination of your personal experience. Like it just takes experience to develop your ears. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that, I think that other people who are experienced, it's not necessarily that people are telling you it's good enough. It's that you've accumulated enough feedback from other people as to what they like in a sound or to what their feedback that you've gotten where you've been able to develop your own taste on something. Yeah. And also you're able to line up your ears with like what you define as quality. And that, that kind of like shapes over time, I would say. Yeah. And I think another semi answer to the question is sometimes it's not. Uh, sometimes your sounds aren't good enough. Yeah. Sometimes your sounds will not be good enough. And that's probably early on. That, happen that happens to me all the time. I still work on... Yeah. And, and every single person's sound effect that they create, at one point, is going to be bad during the development of it. Yep. It's just that they give it enough time or they have enough experience to make it sound good. Yeah. At, at that point. I feel like this is something we're going to come back to again, because it's, it's an interesting topic that has like a lot of mental and um, technical... Mental, technical, and like um, experience-based... like tendencies to it so yeah there's a lot of nuance to it cool well uh thank you for listening everybody definitely let us know your thoughts on how you know when sounds are good enough we kind of i feel like it'd be interesting to get other people's take on this 
yeah, I think I think this could spill out into a quite a quite a discussion somewhere. Maybe on a Blipstown's Discord channel, for for example. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I mean, I guess I keep forgetting that people are paying for this, so they already know about it. But <laughs> but don't forget, there's a Discord. Yeah, we're, we'll, let's keep the discussion going. We'll probably talk about. I, I want to talk about this in, a, in another episode too, because I think it's Agreed. it kind of defines that journey for an artist or a sound designer, at least. So, um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Hi, daddies. How's it going? Hello. I'm so awful at the, at the greeting. Hello. That's how. That's what I say to everybody. Every single person that lives. Hey, what's up? Hello. Like some kind of. Fucking... <laughs> 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 and I don't. I don't know. I've been. I. I noticed that the first time I noticed myself doing that was in like junior high. Like some girl walked by. And she's like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hello," and I was like, "Good lord." <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I'm such a loser.